1: Hello and welcome to the Dom Harvey Podcast, brought to you by Generate Kiwi Saver and Radix Nutrition. Coming up, Shaz
2: Dag. I love who I am. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. It's the first time I've probably even said that, Dom. You know? Jesus, you're a prick. You're really making me <laughs> I've open done up, nothing. I've done nothing. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I can honestly say I'm proud of myself. And yeah. that's the first time I've said that.
1: Sharon Dack, known to her friends as Shaz, is a phenomenal woman whose tale of resilience is going to leave you awestruck. Five years ago, Shaz had her left arm amputated after suffering a horrific farm accident, but it's what she's achieved since the amputation that's inspiring. Um, coast to coast, anybody? Her story of pain, transformation and victory will make you rethink the meaning of limitations Shaz's determination is truly contagious. This conversation, by the way, was only possible because of my incredible sponsors. The input from Radix and Generate allowed me to fly Shaz up for the two just for this chat. Generate, by the way, is an award-winning New Zealand-owned and operated KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. I switched over to Generate a few weeks ago and it could not have been easier. The advisors are great and they will dumb down the chat for you if they need to. For me there was a there was a lot of dumbing a lot of dumbing down, a considerable amount of dumbing down. And Radix Nutrition, this is a tight, dedicated, hardworking, focused team who make incredible products from their factory in the Waikato, including the best protein powder I've ever tasted. Honestly, the banana flavor tastes like zap that I used to have in those little cartons growing up. Chances are you're not getting enough protein in your diet, and the easiest way to fix that is to have a protein shake every damn day. If you like the podcast, the best thing you could do would be to consider supporting these guys. GenerateWealth.co.nz and RadixNutrition.co.nz, Radix spelled R-A-D-I-X. Thank you so much, Generate and Radix. All right, let's get into it. Shaz Dag on the Dom Harvey podcast. Enjoy. Enjoy. Thanks, mate. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So Sharon Dag is your name. Um, but you're better known as Shaz Dag. Uh also Limitless. Limitless.
2: Yep, for sure.
1: Yeah, and it's great to have you here. So how long you how long have you been Shaz? Is this like a nickname that's followed you around through life?
2: Um yeah, I've been Shaz for a few years now. Just a few mates started calling me that and it's just sort of stuck, you know. So um yeah, I only get called Sharon now when my mother tells me off. So um <laughs> Yeah, it's just sort of stuck. Yeah. Yeah, I like it.
1: and what about Limitless?
2: Okay, Limitless, well, wow, that was so cool. Um the team down at the Wellington Limb Center came up with that one day. Um they knew what I was sort of gonna be starting to get into and what I was gonna get up to um and try and attempt. And they came up one day I went down there for an appointment and they came up and said, We've found a name for you, Shaz. So, um yeah, I thought it was pretty, pretty cool actually. Darn cool, eh?
1: I like it. It's a good play on words. Yeah, it's for sure. It's for sure. Hey, by the way, you, you seem very nervous all of a sudden. I, I picked you up. I booked you a flight. I picked you up from the airport. I think you called me dumbass about three times on the <laughs> ride into town. Uh, now uh, you seem nervous all of a sudden.
2: Oh, well, I don't know what you're going to bloody <laughs> ask me for a starter, Dom, but well, come on, man. Well,
1: it's your story, and it's a hell of a story, and I think it's inspirational. Um, and the adversity you've been through, it's something that one thing I've learned on this podcast, Jenny Shaz, is that. Everyone, even people that you least expect it from, have some sort of adversity that they're dealing with.
2: Absolutely. So when you,
1: when you meet someone like you that's been through some, a whole lot of stuff, especially at this age and stage of life. like What m- are you trying to age. say about stage and age? Middle
2: age, middle
1: age. That's all right.
2: You're, you're yeah. lucky, you're lucky.
1: Um, it just lets other people know, well, the shit that I'm dealing with right now, if Sharon can get through this, then I can get through whatever I'm going through. So I think it's really cool. Yeah. So you've got nothing to worry about. Although there are some very big questions. <laughs> okay. There. No, there's not. Okay, so um, I think to paint a picture of, um, you know, who you are now and what you've been through, we should go right back to the beginning. So mm-hmm. um, tell us about shares like, pre-accident. You were you were quite a fit beforehand, eh? You did some events um, and things? I
2: used to dabble around, you know, and I loved my sport. Always loved my sport from a young kid. Um, but I used to dabble around in a little bit of running um, and a little bit of cycling, and that was about it. Like
1: what sort of distance runs?
2: Oh, yeah. I'd never done anything more than a ten k or a half marathon, you know, um, and I was never ever the best or anything like that up there at the top. It was just more about keeping active, you know, and being and with my mates. Um, we we were pretty active mates, you know, um, and just done a lot of stuff together. And but yeah, no, nothing, nothing major at all.
1: Mm.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. and, and
1: in terms of your like personality and mindset, like pre accident, did you just have that sort of grit and determination?
2: Um, I don't think it was nowhere near as what it is now. Um, yeah, I, I think it was just go with the flow and have a good time before. Um, whereas now it's like, you know what? You can do better. Mm. Um, and, and that's what I enjoy about it. This journey is just about doing stuff for me, but hopefully encouraging others. Um, and that's, that's been my motto the whole time that all I've wanted to do is, um, if people can see me out there doing it, hopefully it'll give them a bit of encouragement, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: you sort of think, well, what's my excuse? <laughs> exactly.
2: <Hey. laughs> you know, well, hey, if she can do it, that one winged old chuck can do it. There's no reason why mm. I can't. So, yeah, it, it's, it's more around about that. That was my whole... Um, idea of wanting to sort of do these sort of activities was to try and push awareness that you know just because we're challenged doesn't mean to say we can't still succeed. Mm. Yeah. I, I
1: I get the feeling you you would have always been a stubborn fucker though even pre Oh, accident. I've been a
2: stubborn bitch all my life. Yeah. Asked my <laughs> husband, for one, um, you know, he'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't be you can't be that stubborn though. He's stuck around. You haven't scared uh, him off.
2: Look, honestly, I would not have been able to do half of what I've done if it wasn't for Owen. You know, he's. He's a pretty cool supportive dude. Yeah. Um, very, very lucky to have him by my side. Yeah.
1: By the way, from our from our dealings, um getting this podcast off the ground, um, you you're one of those nauseating couples that have a, a joined email address.
2: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it was you know, back in the day when you first got your email, everybody says, What do you do? Oh, you just put your names down. So it was like Owen and Sharon, you know, and it's like, wish now I could change it to Owen and Shares or, you know, but that's what you've done. Everybody done it and we've never changed it.
1: No, I I like that. that. And what about even earlier, um, speaking of your, you know, pre-accident and your stubbornness? I heard one podcast you did, and uh,
2: did,
1: did you have like a falling out with your parents, and you got shipped off to family farm or something?
2: I did. Were
1: yeah. You, were you? A, were you oh, a, I was were you, a bitch, mate.
2: To my parents. Were you a real piece of work? Yeah, I was. I was a real bitch. Oh, I and, gave uh, my parents a hard time.
1: In what way? Was it fairly standard sort of teenage oh, stuff? On-
2: yeah, I was a bit of a rebellion and a um, bit of trouble. You know, got it myself into a bit of trouble and that. But it was, I was, you know, so lucky. I had an auntie and uncle and the man or two that lived on a farm and. They said, "Shaz, come and live with us," um, and I've never looked back.
1: Yeah. So, so you you were um, sort of born and raised in Topo area, yep, and then sure. um, shipped to the family farm near yep. uh, Ohakia, That's correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yep. Well, Jesus, what, you've done
1: your homework. Yeah, I have. I so I, I picked up on this because I've never heard you elaborate on it. But like, what sort of,
2: what sort of stuff? Like oh, just mate. just
1: cheeky, standard oh, naughty no, stuff, no, or I real? Got
2: a, I got into a bit of trouble.
1: Oh, like, well, what, what sort of age? Like fourteen, fifteen? Um,
2: yeah, I was about fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, So it's so a real uh,
1: chance of you going off the rails at that point? Oh,
2: for sure, yeah. Um, and that's when my auntie and uncle came along and, yeah, best thing that could have ever happened to me, just being down on the farm, out in the open, you know, mm-hmm. um, learning different stuff, just working on the farm. Absolutely loved it. Changed my life mm. for the right direction, yeah. You know, yeah, I was a bitch. I was an absolute bloody... <laughs> <laughs> I was a right yeah, man But
1: But, but you, you say that now and it's like you obviously had... um. You're obviously a good person yourself and you obviously had like good, you yeah, know, family networks and supports. You think of like the Ram Raiders and the crimes that are going yeah. on now at the same sort of age, that youth level, and the police take them back home and the, the families for oh. the most part don't care.
2: Yeah, um, um, yeah no, I, I had a great, you know, family network around me once I got down here to the Manawatu, Um, and yeah, I mean, I was... I'm the middle child, you know, the black sheep, shall we say, obviously. And, um, you know, I've got an older brother and they're a couple of years older than me. He's done extremely well in life. I've got a younger sister. She's done extremely well in life, but I've sort of done nothing to there, you know. Um, Well, what have they done? (laughs) My brother's got an amazing super um, upholstery business over in Australia that he started. Mm -hmm. Uh, My sister's done extremely well in the nursing sector and she's doing extremely well. Yeah, And I'm proud of them both, don't get me wrong. But we don't have a close relationship. Um, I just sort of stay clear and just do my own thing. Um, I just find it's easier to be, just be me.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> so you're not particularly close with your family is that like a no. result of um, yeah, like your misadventure as a teenager and- um,
2: no I think it's more my choice you know um, different things have happened over the years yeah. and it's just like you know I'm sick and fucking tired of my parents not listening or believe- I, I felt that they didn't believe in me so um, it was just easier just to pull away Live my own life, um, and you know what? it's been great. it's yeah. been absolutely fantastic- I mean, I still have contact with my mother, you know she's in a rest home at the moment, um going through a real hard time with the old cancer stuff mm. um, so yeah, you know, like if once a month we try and get up there to taupo and see her, and you know, I just saw her last week um uh, we pop we always make a point of popping in, you know how uh, old is she now, like eighty ish yeah, she must be 80, 85ish now. Right, I don't right. sort of keep track, you know, yeah. I don't like to think of the years. Um because we're only as old as we feel, aren't we? You know? <laughs> and I, and I feel like I'm 21, not yeah. bloody, you know, 57. So yeah. um yeah, it's but we keep yeah, we keep in contact. Yeah.
1: Okay, for some comparison, um what are words that people would have used to describe you before losing your arm and now after?
2: I don't really know. Probably just, you know, pig-headed. Um, right
1: Stubborn Yeah it's uh, just before and after Same word. Yeah, yeah See it's, it's, it's quite funny eh Because it's um, I've been reading a book about this And I reckon um, And I've thought about this a lot With different people I've had on the podcast Famous people and non-famous people But there's two sort of mindsets You have like a, a fixed mindset Or a growth mindset yeah. And you can go from having a fixed mindset and change that to a growth mindset at any time. So say you pre-accident, if you had a fixed mindset, you can lose your arm and then change it to a growth mindset. But if you've had a growth mindset all along and then something like this happens, it's you're probably going to have a growth mindset afterwards as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think I've more got the growth now. Yeah. Um, but it's
1: always sort of been there, or no? I,
2: I think it probably has, Dom. Yeah. yeah. You know, to be honest, it probably has, but I've never really thought about it until you know you've just sort of said it. Um, you're probably right. You know. Um, yeah. So I think I have got the growth. Yeah. Now. Um, I just. Oh, you definitely
1: do now. The 100%. There's no question yeah. about it. Um, and,
2: and I think you're right. I have changed. Mm. The mindset has changed for sure. But yeah, and like you say, I I hadn't even thought about it, Dom, mm. in that way. Yeah. Until you've mentioned it.
1: So. December 2016, um, that's when the accident happened with the farm gate. So that's, uh, how old were you at the time? Like 50?
2: 50... Uh, must have been 51, 52. Yeah. It must have been 52. Yeah. Um, just a freak accident, mate. Yeah. yeah um, what well,
1: was this Something to do with a, a gate on a goat farm?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've got a mate that started a goat farm down in the Manawatu, Um, And they had 900 goats, you know, housed in this big, awesome shed. Um, and she asked me if I'd like to come along and do you know, do farming for a while. So I was like, yeah, shit, yeah, I would like to give this a go.
1: Growth mindset. Yeah, yeah. You know, was, yeah, <laughs> Damn it like, if you had <laughs> a fixed mindset, you wouldn't have been there that day.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I jumped at the chance. And um, just one particular day, you know, there's these big um, deer fence gates and they're covered in corrugated iron. Now, the reasoning behind that is to keep the weather out of the animals that are housed inside this shed.
1: Okay, so it's um, not to keep the animals in, it's just to keep them safe and dry, yep, comfortable. for sure.
2: Yeah, okay. yeah, yep. keeping the, their housing and that dry. Um, so in this particular day, I was closing this gate ready for milking and just a freak gust of wind mate just picked me up and the gate and slammed me um, against a post you know, a big defence post.
1: Wait, what, are you, what are your recollections of that? Did it happen in slow motion or it just happened so no, quick? No, it happened yet? so bloody quick. Yeah, like a second. matter of seconds. Yeah, absolutely. Second. Yeah. It
2: was, you know, to lift me and my fat ass off the ground, it had to be a pretty good, you know, gust of wind. So, yeah, it just slammed me there um, and I ended up on the ground. Um, obviously, the gate slammed and then reopened and I just landed on the ground and I looked at my arm and it was just bent in a like an L shape. Unbelievable! Like, like like like
1: blood coming out. or had it slashed no, it or no, no, no just bones no, everywhere. Just
2: just just completely like this here was just in a V. Mm. So imagine that both bones were just snapped completely in half, mate.
1: But the bones weren't poking out of the skin, or oh. no, no,
2: you don't have to get that bloody gruesome, man. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I just, just want to paint a picture of what you went through. Yeah, there. so so, so you're um so adrenaline. Kick, are you in pain or are you just?
2: Um, I, I think the adrenaline had kicked in by then, so no, I wasn't in pain. Um, but I had this small nick on my knee, obviously from a bit of corrugated iron. I just sort of got a nick. Well, that was more bloody painful, mate. Seriously. (laughs) Um, It was so painful. I don't know what was going on. I don't know whether the pain had transferred down to here, but it was just bizarre. Um, So away we went to the hospital. Um, Get to the hospital, get to A&E, and the guys, they were great there. Um, They took one look and they said, yep, well, we don't really need to send you for an X-ray show (laughs) as we can see what's going on. Um, So they took me into a room, um, knocked me out for five minutes and realigned it and stuck me in a temporary cast. And I can remember the the doctor in there saying to me, you'll need to go to surgery tonight, Shaz, to get it plated and um, pinned. You know, just a few couple of plates and a couple of pins on each side, just a normal six to eight week recovery. And I'm like, yep, can handle it.
1: So you're you're feeling okay. You're feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah absolutely. And I'm like, okay, surgery tonight, that's fine. He said, because if you don't go to surgery tonight, Shaz, he said, there's going to be some serious complications. Unfortunately, I didn't go to surgery that night. And were you, after being being told that,
1: were you, I don't know, Like, were you sort of, I mean, it's easy to, to have this line of questioning and have this conversation with the benefit of hindsight, but were you sort of like, you know, pushing it yourself and saying, hey, listen, I need to get to surgery. I got told um, I need the surgery." At age. that
2: stage, no, because they told me that I'd go that night. Okay. So, you know, I was reassured that, yeah, it was going to happen that night. So I was like, okay, so you just go with it, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, they're the experts. Yeah, yeah, you
2: just roll with it. So I'm like, okay, get that night at about seven o'clock. They come and tell me that, no, I was going to be bumped again. This went on for five days, mate. Five frigging days.
1: See again we've got the benefit of hindsight here but if it was me I, I I think if I was told you need to get to surgery ASAP or else there's going to be complications I'd like to think I'd be like aggressively pursuing it and pushing it well, and following up
2: I think I was Yeah but obviously you know you're in a lot of pain um the reason why I was in a lot of pain was because I could see my hand was starting my fingers were starting to swell my hand was starting to go black you know, and the pain was starting to get quite intense. So that's when I sort of got pretty, um, let's say, forceful,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and I'd say to the nurses. So this is
1: day. This is
2: day about three and mm-hmm. a half. Yeah. And I'm saying, look, you know, I really need to see somebody here. Um, and, of course, the nurses had come. Oh, we'll give you some more Panadol, Shaz, you know.
3: <laughs> In the
2: end, I, I I did. Day five, I said, you know, this is bullshit. I'm in pain, I want to see somebody, I want a doctor in here today, I need to see. I said, have a look at my hand. And by that stage, you could see my knuckles, my fingers were going black. So I didn't know what the rest of the arm was like.
1: So you were sort of starting to panic?
2: (laughs) Well, I wasn't starting to panic, I was in pain. Okay. I was in severe pain. Right. Um, Because don't forget, I'm still in a temporary cast, so a lot of the swelling couldn't swell. So um, anyway, the surgeon came in and I can remember it. It's just it's just like he walked through that door and I'm in a bed here like this sitting up and he just walked in the door and my arm was obviously sitting here and he, he just said, get her to surgery now. And I can remember, mate, I was rushed out of that room um, and down to surgery. So I had surgery thinking that I was going to come out of that and I'd just be,
3: You know, a couple of,
2: four plates, you know, two plates on each bone and screws on each each bones. Um, When I came to, the surgeon was actually standing by my bed and me and my big mouth. I said, what's going on if you cut me fucking arm off? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He says, no, Shaz, we haven't. But he said, I need to inform you. We've had to do a fasciotomy. What's that? Exactly. I said, speak to me in English. So a fasciotomy, because I couldn't see my arm, it was all bandaged up. Right. I had no idea what it was looking like. So a fasciotomy was they had to, they cut right down the inside of my arm, cross my hand, cross this side of my hand, and all the way back up the side. Now the reasoning of that was it's to release the pressure because it had swollen so much. It was severely swollen. Um, so from there... Every second day, I went back to theatre, and they stitched up segments about this big each time. So I had nine surgeries in 11 days. On the 11th day, um, this young intern came in to my room, and he says, oh, I'm just going to have a look at your, um, check your arm, Shaz. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Didn't warn me about what the hell my arm was going to look like or what I was about to see. He Took all the bandages off and the dressing off, and I don't know if you've seen any photos done, but no, I haven't. But there was this gaping hole in my arm, so this massive hole here.
1: Now, um some people will be watching this on YouTube. Most people will be listening to it. What sort of size? Anything you can compare it to in terms of size?
2: oh probably the size of a tennis ball.
1: Okay. Oh, shit. yeah, okay. yeah. So,
2: and and as round as a tennis ball. so Where, Whereabouts? Like on the.
1: Yeah, like on just the on the air, forearm, yeah, just on the, in the, the
2: wrist where they area. were trying to close up, um, and that was, and I I, I looked and I was like, holy shit balls, you know, um, and then I looked and I said to him, oh, is that a bit of gorse? And he goes, no, no, that's your tendon. I'm like, fuck, you know, if, I'm sitting there for the first time seeing my arm, and here's this massive hole.
1: I mean, they, they would make you queasy looking at it on oh, someone else's arm. It. Looking at it on your own arm, are you are you panicking at that? Oh, I or wasn't you're...
2: panicking. I was sort of like. To be honest, I was probably sort of staring away from it, you know, at this point. Um, and I said to him, why the hell have I still got that hole there? And he says, oh, we can't close that, Shaz. We tried to close it. And when you woke up last time, you were in so much pain. Can't you remember? And I says, no. And he says, no, we had to rush you back into theatre and take those stitches out. That We can't close it. It's too, he's um, still too swollen. Mm. So from there, they sent me down to Hutt Hospital in Wellington to the plastics unit where they removed a bit of my backside. Not that you can notice. Um, and oh, like a, a skin graft. Yep. Yeah. And stuck it in, slapped them in there, um, and that was going to be what my arm was going to look like. So from there I went home. Good old recovery, you know, best recovery, in bed, sleep. You know, let's yeah, let's be honest, sleep is our best recovery. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, so
1: so when you when you leave um the hospital, by the way, that's a lot it's a lot to go through. Like how yep. many how
2: many operations? Like nine. So up- I had probably eleven operations right. all up in fourteen days.
1: Yeah, that takes it out of you. It
2: does, yeah.
1: Um but you, you were sent home, so you you've had all these surgeries, um all these all the all the stress of this and the skin graft as well. And you're sent home and you think you're just going to recover and it's going to be good, all good. Just That's honestly, what I was
2: sent home and I thought, yep, my arm's going to, this is a recovery stage now. Yeah. We're starting the six to eight week recovery. But when I left Hutt Hospital, they made another appointment for me to come back so that they could check the skin graft, obviously. um, So yeah, about a month later, I went back down there once again, Um, took all the dressings off and it was the first time I got to see my arm. Um, I probably should have bought you some photos, Dom. It's, and it's on the phone. I can easily show you. They, no, thanks. They're pretty gruesome, <laughs> yeah. you know, This it'd show whether you're a man or a mouse. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm a mouse. <laughs> I'm a mouse. No, I might get some off you
1: for our, for my video guy. Yeah, might want yeah them. for sure. Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, it was the first time I got to see my arm. Mm. Yeah, not pretty. So um. I was scarred all the way down here, had this massive, you know, skin grafting in here um which it, in a month's time the skin grafting had shrunk down and it was looking okay. So yeah.
1: what do you reckon did it look like an arm that had been like chewed by a dog or oh, something would you say or yeah, a shark? A shark, right. Yeah. right. Yeah, just And you where, so when you see that do you um what's your initial reaction like do you um, you break down and cry like you No,
2: nah, what's the point of crying? You know, you, it's only spilled water, you know. Um you look at it and yeah, you're disappointed. I didn't realize the extent of my injuries until or the hospitals. let's put it this way. I didn't realize the extent of the hospital's fuck up mm. um because this so should not have happened oh
1: you're you're you frustrated at that point um I know you're not a person that likes to look back in anger, but I, I take you back to that moment
2: um honestly, I'm not frustrated I'm more all I wanted to do was put my energy and my time into my recovery. Mm. What's the point of feeling anger? Yeah, and boiling yourself up—you know—it's not, not going to benefit you at all. So
1: no, but um, if it was me, I'm just—I'm probably projecting here. I'd be fucking infuriated.
2: Well, you know, at that point, it hadn't really hit me, Dom. Okay, it really hadn't hit me as to what I was going to be left with, what sort of arm I was going to have. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized
3: plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds.
1: Have. Okay, so the, the stage, your arm's a mess, but you think it's going to be fine. Yep. Okay.
2: Yep. Totally thinking yep. That I was still going to have the use of an arm, and I was going to have, you know, me my other arm, my left arm. Um. So yeah, as as rehab sort of continued on, the the scars they didn't really improve the um, hole that was in there from my skin graft. Yeah, it was there. It wasn't pretty. You know. I mean, I'm not a chemicist. The cosmetic chick, by any means, take a look at me. You know, fuck, I don't buy that shit. You know, I was born this way. Why try and spend thousands of dollars trying to cover it up? So, you know, the cosmetic sort of side of things didn't really worry me. But when I saw this, it did start to get to me that, you know, this isn't good. Because in the end, I used to just have my arm sitting here like this, trying to protect it because it was useless. It yeah. was freaking useless. For mate. anyone
1: that's listening to this, um imagine so she's um she has this missing her left arm now, but you hold it like hold it like it was in an invisible sling. Yep, yeah, for sure. Up against it's, the body. Yeah, yeah okay.
2: perfect. Um and um yeah, so i just hold it there and just try and protect it. Um and in the end, you know, it was I it was useless, mate. I just I had a name for it. You ready? Oh, for I've this? heard you
1: say this in a couple of podcasts. Yeah, cock yeah. and a sock.
2: I used to call it my cock and a sock.
1: Yeah, what does that mean?
2: Well, it was just fucking useless. You males will understand that, you know, at times, you know. And that's why I used to call it that. It was just useless because it was in like a bandage and it was just, yeah, it just used to hang. It used to flop. So um, that was my name for it. You know, I was trying to make light of the situation and, you know, different things. And that was a way of calling it something ridiculous and make, having a bit of fun with it. But, yeah, in the end, it it just became redundant. I lost all muscle mass and it was just redundant. Just
1: there. But did you still have like um, your grip strength in your wrist and your yeah. hand? Okay. So.
2: I lost everything, mate.
1: Okay. So it, it was literally like redundant. It was.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. But I'm, I'm thinking about things. Um, and we can get to this later. Like things, things that you do now that, uh, you know, you People with both hands and both arms would take for granted, like doing up buttons on your shirt, for example. Yeah. Could you use your left hand when you had that post accident? T- no. Okay.
2: No, no, I couldn't do. So
1: it was just sort of ornamental. Oh, it was. Okay.
2: A- and it was an ugly ornamental. Okay. You know, it, it it wasn't a nice yeah thing to have sitting there. Um, but you know, I I still carried on with my life. I still went out and done things, but it got to a point where I could see that possibly I could go into a different spiral. Um what you do know, you mean i I could have gone down this path of anger yeah um and being grumpy and being annoyed and getting frustrated and i didn't want to go down that path dom mm. I really really didn't want to go down that path I could see how easy it would be for somebody to spiral on a downward path so I had to make a decision um and it had to be my decision couldn't be anybody else's So, um, I thought, you know, I want to move on with my life. I don't want to be, um, stuck in this position where, you know, I could get in a situation that I didn't want to be.
1: Negative headspace. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, I wanted to move forward with my life. So I had to make a decision and make some, so it was, I came up with this most radical, stupid decision. (laughs) Um, and it just you know it just felt right
1: i don't yeah, I don't know you say a radical, stupid decision, I know you're doing that say that tongue in cheek, but it feels like uh, it was probably the sensible or even the only decision to make, yeah. um yeah or no,
2: yeah, I mean you know some people mm. wouldn't go to that extreme, you know it was pretty extreme this decision, mm. you know when I threw it at my husband, whoa, mate. Yeah. Nah.
1: Oh, so you you guys have been married like thirty odd years? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: He's my best mate. He's yeah. my best mate. And uh-huh.
1: he's um yeah he's got got your you know he's he, got my back. Mate. Yeah. There's there's no there's no agenda whatsoever yeah. at that point.
2: He's got my back. And so you know I threw this idea and you know I came up with how am I going to approach this with him?
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, you because know, it's a big thing, you know. Um. So I just one day I just said to him, "Can we sit down and have a talk?" Um. And I just said to him, "I've made a decision." Um, and I hope you'll support me. But I said, I want it off. And he was, no, nah, not at all.
1: Was it why? Why was that his initial um,
2: one? I I don't know. It was, you know.
1: Because he must have had, so this was, um the, the amputation was 2018. Mm. So it's like a couple of years of you you know, recovering yeah. or trying to recover or dealing with this, um you know, useless uh, limb that you called a cock and a sock. Um yeah, why, why, why did, why was his, was that his initial reaction? It must have been something that occurred to him over that time.
2: Well, no, I don't think it had. I don't think it had. Mm. I think I don't know whether it was because he thought it it may improve over time. I suppose um, you always
1: hold out hope, eh? Hey?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, we all do, don't we? Of we, course, we all hope that you know it's going to be for the better. Um, but I knew that that wasn't going to be for the better, so I wanted to make it for the better. And the only way for me to make it better was to, yeah, remove it, cut the bugger off, mm. get rid of it, feed it to the flaming dogs, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know it,
1: the dogs are like, we don't wear one. That looks like a shark's already had to go at it.
2: Okay, so Owen's, so
1: Owen's initial reaction is no. Yeah. Does that come from uh, like a, a, a place of like, love or concern I for you? So. Or?
2: I, I honestly believe it was because, you know, he loves me.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and he was looking out for me. You know, so I had to sort of coax it around a bit, you know I, d- I did have to coax him around um in the end, I just said to him, "Look, it's my life, it's my body, um, and this is what I want to do and I said, "I hope you support me, and he did, you know obviously, um, yeah, he came round, and he knew that you know over time, I think he thought about it. Um And he knew that it was the right thing mm. for me to do.
1: Did you Did you guys come up with like a list of pros and cons or anything? Or nah, a, no, you know,
2: no. um, I actually spoke to one of my mates and said that because I didn't talk to a lot of people about it. Because um, I knew that all be, you know, no, you can't have that, Shaz. And I didn't want all those negative reactions. But I did speak to one mate and she said, Shaz, what you should try doing is tying your hand behind your back for a week and see how you go. And I thought, "Nah, if I'm doing this, I'm going in boots mm. and all. It's just going to happen, and you've just got to deal with it. Then, don't mm. you? you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, but there's no reversal. Oh,
2: absolutely not. But yeah. you just got to deal all. with it. Oh no, wait a minute. Wait <laughs> I've decided
1: I want the useless arm back. <laughs> yeah,
2: know,
1: yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
2: I found a surgeon. Um, did you
1: need to? did they make you undergo any compulsory counselling or anything um,
2: like that? Yeah, I had to do a couple of sessions. Oh shit, that's a lot of crap, and you know.
1: Yeah, I, I had the same sort of thing. Mandatory, very, very different situation, but mandatory counselling when um, me and JJ my wife at the time right. we're, were undergoing fertility stuff, yep. and we're about to use a mate's sperm, donor yep. sperm, and you have like mandatory counselling. But it's it's easy to say the answers that you know you should say
2: for sure. Uh, it's and, a, and very just, easy to fool them, I think. I, I I just felt like I was just doing a recording. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was yes, no, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, you know, it was. Yeah, like you say, I think it's very easy to mm. fool them. Not that I was out there to do that, Dom. not no,
1: at all. No, no, no. And, and I'm exactly the same. And it's one of those things. God, it feels it's a like I'm trying to. We have to go through. Yeah, and and like with with my situation, which is very different to yours, with the sperm thing. Like I, I had a couple of years leading up to that where it's like this may be a path we have to go down. So yep. you have time to think about it. Same with you, I guess. Yeah, you had a lot of time to think about.
2: Well, I I didn't really because you know it happened in December 16 the accident. So I only had that 12 months, you Mm. know, that from recovering to making a decision to getting it removed. Yeah, Honestly, you know, I must've had red flags by my name because you don't just go into a surgeon and say that you want to remove a part of your body and next minute you're getting it done. So, um, I think they sort of knew that that fucked up basically, and you know, okay, if this is what she wants, well, let's let's make this happen for her.
3: Mm.
2: Um, plus, I think the, my surgeon um, he was fantastic. Um, I still have a great relationship with, with him now. Um, he's done my knees, so he's seen a, quite a bit of my body, you know. Um, and he, he's yeah, he's always helped me now. Yeah, he's made made it made things happen for me. So anyway, I saw him and he put me on to Prof Thurston. Um, a guy down, a professor down in Wellington, who was um, obviously the man for amputations. So I contacted him, and um, we had a few emails back and forth. And then next minute, I get this email saying, "Let's make it happen." So we did. From there, it just evolved.
1: Mm. So what what's that process? Um, like, do, do, you, do you discuss where it's going to be cut off? Or so,
2: yeah, so. We talked about it and discussed it. And um, because I was right cut right up here, right up to my elbow, basically, and it was a bit of a mess, he said, We can do a below elbow shaz, but he said, I would suggest we go above elbow.
1: So, below elbow would make it easier in terms of like um, prosthetic limbs and, and th- things, Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: And if you see a lot of arm amputees, a lot of them are below elbow. There's not many of us that are above elbow, so we're the special ones, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah, so we went – so he um, amputated it just above the elbow here. Yeah. So it was – as you can see, it's a lot shorter now than what it was um, when we first done it. But then after he amputated, we had complications. um, And not only do I have severe phantom pain – I have this thing called CRIPS, which is complex regional pain syndrome, um, and like I said to you a bit earlier when we're talking, it's like if you've ever peed on an electric fence, you know what it's like. You know, you get that full instant jarring and that shocking. Well, that's what I have.
1: When does that just is that um, sporadically or occasionally? No, or like it's all the time, really, it's
2: permanently. So, um, so it
1: constantly, sort of feels yeah. like you're being tattooed. Say,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, what do you ti- what do you
1: what do you take for that?
2: Um so I I I don't take um I instantly got off the tramadol and the severadol and all that sort of stuff. Um and then I've I've been had some super support people around me and um we've tried different things. Um I went to have been in contact with a pain specialist Dr. Amwa up here um and we've been dealing with him and my um people down in Palmy um and we finally came we've tried different medications so, obviously so
1: so oh, i'm just trying to get my head around something so post um, post accident but pre amputation were you in, were you in pain yeah uh, this useless arm
2: i was had discomfort right had discomfort but i wouldn't call it pain um so and then once we um, amputated it obviously the nerves didn't agree with that mm. because don't forget it was a massive trauma of being smashed And broken. Um, You know, you've got both bones completely broken in half, snapped in half. So it's a massive trauma. It's not like just a break that a kid has in the playground, you know, from falling out of a tree. This was severe um, in their terms. Um, So, yeah, so that trauma on its own has fired the nerves Mm. um, from instantly from that trauma. So once we had it amputated, it's obviously um elevated that that pain and the nerve endings, so um yeah, so we we we've had two further amputations since then, um where I've had an awesome surgeon down at hutt hospital, Dr bisson um he really looked after me and tried different things, so we went back to surgery another time this is a couple of years later um and he what he done was he shortened it, he found, well, he obviously opened up Stumpy, um, found the nerves, str- stretched them, said them, and then he let them go, hoping that the nerve endings would end up somewhere back up here um, so that there'd be no pressure or nerve endings down here where I was getting all the pain. Um, so we were hoping that was going to happen um, and eliminate the pain. Unfortunately, it didn't. So about a year, maybe 18 months later, he tried to have another go and we went through this whole process of, he had this brainwave of, um, and this idea that he had to take to a panel to get it approved first, to go ahead and do this. So I still didn't know if I was going to have this third amputation or not.
1: So they're just like going higher and, oh God.
2: Um, so we, we got the go-ahead and the approval to do this third amputation, and what he'd done then was once again he opened up Stumpy, found those nerve endings, which had neuromas growing on the end of them, which was causing the pain. Um, so he once again he stretched them, he um, cut them, and then removed those neuromas, and then he said them again, the nerve endings, and then what he'd done was he drilled straight through my bone, and he's inserted the nerve endings into my bone so that if the neuromas grow back again, hopefully it won't penetrate penetrate through the bone um and that was he, he said to me Shaz this is the last thing I can think of doing for you So you know've I've had some awesome team behind me trying to help me as much as possible with this pain um Unfortunately it hasn't worked. So we're still in pain so Stumpy's still a prick. Um,
1: yeah, I've, I've, heard you, um, refer to it as Stumpy in a, a couple of, um, podcasts that I've listened to. Now, why did you, why did you decide to, um, to name it? When um, did, when did that happen? Did that happen pre the amputation no, or? No, so
2: I honestly, when I first had the amputation, the day of the surgery, I woke up and I looked down and here was this big fat, you know, um, bandaged stump um and i just looked down and i had the biggest smile on my face Dom. i just mm. um and i just looked down and i said welcome to shaz's world stumpy um <laughs> and it's just stuck you know and yeah. honestly i um it was the best decision mm. of my life yeah absolutely it, best decision of my life mate yeah the um
1: the the, the stumpy thing um the thing the thing i like about that is uh um yeah, rather than like mourning what you're losing and talking about losing your arm, you talk about gaining something new.
2: Oh, absolutely. I don't know.
1: I don't know if that was subconscious or an intentional it, it, thing, but it's a way of framing it. that...
2: It, it was just like you know, this is the start of a new journey. Mm. This is going to be an awesome journey, um, and I just wanted it to be a great journey. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to be a whole new journey. Stumpy and I were starting over. You know, and it was. It was a new beginning, and. Like I say, the best friggin' decision of my life. <laughs> Stumpy
1: and uh, Stumpy and Shaz onto us sounds like <laughs> sounds like some sort of weird a comedy movie that you'd see in Video Easy back in the day. Um, so do you just go back to like the the, the I don't know the day of or the day before the amputation. Like yeah, so you're you're in hospital getting prepped up, and maybe you've got the vivid marker drawn on your on your arm. Yep. Um, you, you, like, do you have like a like a morning moment to yourself? Well like it's a funny moment you of say grief. that, Dom.
2: that that's a really good question. And it's funny and it's I forget about bringing this up, but you know, like um the morning of the surgery, uh, my surgeon says, you know, um, right, Shaz, have you thought about what you'd like to do with your limb once I remove it? Oh, and whether I'm you want like,
1: it back or collect it. And or... I'm like,
2: Oh, shit, no, I've got no idea. And he goes, Well, You know, some people like to have it returned and they keep it in the freezer and so that when they pass, eventually they feel like they're a whole person. And I hadn't even thought about any of this, Dom, you know. And um, and he says, some, you know, get it cremated and keep it for the same reason. Yeah, you know, there's religious reasons, mm, okay. I suppose, in a,
1: in a way, a lot of people would say it's like a part of you, a part Absolutely. of your diet. Like yeah. it's it's the old you. Yeah,
2: and I and he says, you know, what would you like? And he said, or well, you can give it to medical science. And of course, my natural reaction and my first reaction was not thinking what my mouth was about to say but I said, feed it to the fucking
3: dogs.
2: (laughs) And he just looked at me. He's this, you know, um, nearly retired gentleman. And he just looked at me and a couple of the nurses laughed, you know, and and then I said, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, You know? Um, and I said, because I just wanted it gone. You know, it was no good to me. I didn't want the bloody thing back. You know, it was my decision to get rid of it. So why the hell would I want it back? Mm. You know? So, um, I just said, give it to medical science. I said, hopefully this will prevent somebody else going through what I've gone through. Mm. So um, what they done with it, i got no idea, Dom, and I don't care. I really don't care. Yeah. Mm. See,
1: I'm, I, I'm probably pettier than you. I think um, I've just been thinking the last couple of minutes what I'd do with it. And I probably would have got it back and then sent it to the, the fuckers in Palmerston North Hospital that fucked it up in the first place by messing yeah. around for five days.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I have thought of that sometimes. Because
1: There's no accountability on that end, is there?
2: No accountability whatsoever. And what chance do you have of any accountability mm. when you, you know?
1: Yeah, and what and what you're doing and saying is is exactly the right thing. Like, there's no use wasting five years, seven years, ten years of your life collecting folders of court documents, going through the system for what well, maybe a hundred grand at the end of it, a couple of you know, hundred grand. Honestly, like, you uh, know,
2: and that's what I said to people. Look, it's not about the money. Mm. It's about moving forward. Yeah. But you can see where people and how people think. And, you know, if I don't want that anger and that negativity and that frustration. Even someone saying
1: sorry, like what's it going to change? Oh,
2: mate, you know, you might get a letter
1: with a scribbled (laughs)
2: signature at the bottom of it. What the fuck does that mean? You know, what what does that give you? Yeah. It doesn't give you any, you know, closure. Mm. My closure is just the beginning of the opening yeah of my new journey yeah that's that's my closure
3: yeah
1: yeah so 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 when you're in, in that hospital bed recovering and the the hours or the days after it you do you um yeah is it emotional or are you just I, happy
2: no i'm happy mate yeah oh, i was ecstatic yeah i was i just wanted to get out of there move on um yeah, yeah. I went through a fair bit of pain. Um, that's where the pain obviously started after the amputation, and I went through a fair bit of pain. Um, and they moved. <laughs> did. Did they warn you about that? Did they warn well, you it could
1: be painful? Because you, you sort uh, of think you've got this useless limb, you get it chopped off, and everything's going to be better.
2: Yeah. Um. They they said that there can be side effects like anything, Dom. Yeah. You know, there's always a side effect. Um, and you know, normally it's it's phantom pain. Which you can treat by doing mirror therapy and doing a whole lot of different therapy.
1: Yeah, describe, describe that to us phantom
3: pain. So,
2: um, my arm is still sitting here. That's because that's where the brain last remembers it before it was removed. Mm. So, my arm is still sitting there. Um, I can't, because of my severe phantom pain, I can't actually open my hand like I'm doing with this one. So, like, I'm going to try. Opening my hand here.
1: Your left you yeah. Yeah,
2: and you'll see me trying to open it. You watch here. Oh shit! That's me trying to open. Wow. My hand. Weird, eh? Bizarre. Wow,
1: like the muscles firing in your bite, your left bicep. Yeah, mm. but
2: it's it's trying to open my hand. Weird, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how the brain associates things. Um. So, yeah. So, yeah. I have this pain, and I deal with it, but I don't make it my issue.
1: Mm. What do you mean?
2: I don't make it my issue that I've got pain, because.
1: How, what do you mean? You don't make it your issue?
2: Well, I don't want to make it my life.
1: Right. Okay. You, well, you don't want it to define you. Sort yeah. Of
2: thing. No. Not at all.
1: So you just. Do you mean you don't make it your issue? Or you don't make it other people's issues?
2: Well, both. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't want it to. To drag me down, I don't. Once again, I don't want to go into that position. So, think positive. You know, mm. move forward. You know, um, so that's where yeah, I turned back to my sport.
1: Mm. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, okay. Yes. So, yeah, so, you, so you get back home. How long? How long is the sort of recovery? Oh, well,
2: it's quite a while. Yeah. yeah, quite and, a while.
1: And this must have been a frustrating time with lots of tears. Yeah. I'm thinking about things that yeah, you know, like I mentioned before, like you're wearing a button-up shirt today. Mm-hmm. Do I, I, I? I don't know how you do the buttons up.
2: Oh, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's pretty. Yeah, yeah. It'd take it a while to do it with one hand. I, I probably won't be able to do it now because you
1: know. <laughs> no, but you've. I mean, you've got a shirt on, so you've obviously done it, or Owen's helped you. Um, uh, okay, yeah. other stuff: tying shoelaces,
2: mate. Come on, think about it. Elastic. I haven't got them on today, but, you know, I've got shoes like what you, you wear, and I just wear the laces slightly less loose.
1: Oh, okay, so you slide them on right. and off. No, okay,
2: There you go, that's my button. Okay, love. plugging in a phone charger. Easy.
1: How do you do that with them? Mo-
2: <laughs> Try it. Dom, come on, man.
1: <laughs> Try it. <laughs> okay, I'm
2: sorry. I thought I was asking some
1: good <laughs> questions here. Try. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: no, no, no,
1: seriously, how do you play, How do you plug in your phone charger with one?
2: Um, I just get my phone, I'll either stand it upright and put the charger in, right. or I'll use the bench and put it towards the end of the bench and right. push it in. You find a way to do everything, I'm oh, well, seriously.
1: Humans are adaptable, eh?
2: Oh, look, mate, I honestly didn't. And this was part of um my new journey that I wanted to embrace, having these challenges, you know. I think you guys are the most boringest buggers out because you just get up and do the same things every day.
1: You guys as in who?
2: You guys. Everybody else.
1: With with two arms. Yeah. Excuse me. That was you for the first 55 years of your life. <laughs> Don't be so smug. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, I have the best challenges every day. Yeah. You know, I come across challenges every day and I flame and love it, you know, because I have to work it out. I can take the easy way. Like When I first came out, The rehab would bring around all these different things, you know. This is the board that will help you butter your toast, Shaz. You put this on here with these steel prongs, you know, like nails upside down. Oh, to hold the toast. Hold the toast and do all this. Mate, that's all in the wardrobe. If anything, I've probably given it to other people now. I've never, ever wanted to use anything like that. I've just wanted to find my way. You know, um, yeah, I've done my button up and I've undone it again now because it's too bloody hot. But, um yeah, you know, I've just wanted to find things my to do my way. And I have. And that's mm. what I say. You know, I have these challenges every day. Love them. Mm. Love them. You know, I still get out. I mow the lawns. I still hang the washing on the line. You know, my husband, Owen, was so great. Don't get me wrong. He was amazing. But I had to say to him in the end, because he was always wanting to help me. And I'd have to say, Hey. Can you please stop? Um, I want to do these. If I need help, I will ask mm. you. But he was only doing it, Dom, because he loves me mm. and he was trying yeah. to help me. Um, and I was probably mm. a bitch by saying that to him. But it was because I wanted not to rely on anyone. Mm. You know, um
1: You wanted that independence? for sure. Yeah.
2: For sure. Um you, yeah.
1: you well up when you talk about Owen, don't you?
2: Because he's been such a great mm. rock for me, you know? Um, like I say, he stood by me and supported me with everything, you know, and even now. Expect, yeah,
1: but come on, what do you expect him to do? You're with, me, you're with someone for a quarter of a century and then they, they, they have a no, freak okay. accident and lose an arm. But It'd he, be a piece of shit if he walked out at that point.
2: <laughs> Well, if he did, he'd be called a fair few things, I can tell you. But, you know, I know he'd never do that. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's just. He loves you. He's my best mate. Mm. He's my other half. Mm. You know, literally, I feel like he's my other half. He's there all the time. Mm. You know, yeah, we still have the odd little bloody tiff, you know, like every married couple does. But on a whole, we're, we're 110%. Yeah. You know. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so you get back home and you're recovering and you're adapting to life. And I guess you're still adapting to life now, like with day-to-day challenges that pop up. But when, when do you get the idea to um, like embark on a sporting career?
2: Well, like I say, I, I've i always dabbled in some sports. So it was about, okay, where do we go from here? And I thought, you know, I want to make this a new journey. So I thought, let's do something radical. Some people might call it stupid, Dom, but I thought, let's find a sport and do something. So instead of just aiming for something small, I thought I'm going to aim for something big. So I thought, right, I'm going to try to get into a New Zealand team um, in a sport that would have to challenge me. So like I say, said before, I've dabbled in a bit of running and I've dabbled in a bit of cycling, but I hate swimming with a passion. Absolutely loathe it. Um, So I thought, Probably for one, because I have to keep my mouth shut, too. So so I thought, let's try triathlon. Um, So, you know, there was all these things and these challenges, and I knew swimming was going to be my challenge, obviously. You know, I didn't know if I was going to sink, swim, or go in circles, mate. You know, Mm. um, so I just jumped into that challenge. So literally a month to the day of having Stumpy removed, We went to Hawke's Bay. I didn't want to do it at home. I wanted to be out of my surroundings and just be somewhere where I felt that nobody was looking. Why? Because it was the first time I was going to be in public and be exposed. You know, for one, woman and togs, you know, it's not something we Mm. like to do, let alone – with half a wing, right?
1: right? But for, for anyone that's listening to this that doesn't know that area of New Zealand, like you're talking like a two hour road trip. That, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like from Fielding to Hawke's Bay, yeah, it's a couple of hours. It's
2: a, oh, mate, it's a totally. lo- long
1: way to go for half an hour in the pool. But,
2: I knew there was a good pool there, and, and I knew it was it was going to be quiet at that sort of time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so away we trudged, and we decided it was going to be for a weekend away. As right? Well, you know? Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, away we trudged. Um, Owen comes into the pool with me. I stripped down. Um, I got my goggles, and I hopped in the pool, and I was like, "How the frig am I going to put these bloody goggles on?" There was another new oh, challenge yeah, yeah. straight away. See what I mean? Hun-
1: hundreds of things like that every day that you wouldn't so even. So the
2: first thing I done was I got my goggles, I stuck the strap over my nose, and I pulled it back, and I looked like Miss Piggy with my nose and the flame <laughs> in the flaming ear. But I pulled the strap back, and then I was able to adjust my goggles. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, there's a challenge. Who else has tried to do that? You know? Um. And I and I overcame that challenge. So the next thing was to see if we could swim. Now, I had no flaming idea, Dom, how I was going to go.
3: Mm. Had
2: no idea. Yeah. Had no idea how Stumpy was going to react to being put in water. You know, all these things um, that people probably just take for granted, but it was all new for me. And hence why I wanted to be in a surroundings where nobody knew me so that I could just give it a go. If I floundered, if I sunk, if I went in circles, nobody was going to see me that I knew. So, yeah, I just... I said to Owen, "Film this. This is going to be interesting." So um, he got my camera ready, and away I went. I just instantly went under the water, pushed off the edge, um, propelled this my right arm over, and I propelled forward threw Stumpy over, and I felt like I went flaming nowhere because there was nothing there to pull back, mm. you know. Um, but I just kept swimming. With this arm, and so
1: were you going? Were you going straight, or were you sort of veering?
2: Well, yeah,
1: yeah, you were going straight.
2: I didn't feel like I was, but but yeah, when I watched the video, because I concentrated on that bloody black line, you know, that's always in the pool, Mm. Um, and so obviously my core was doing a bit of work. But we got to the other end, mate, and I just came out from under that water, and once again, it was just a massive smile. It was like yes. You know, I've done that, so yes, here comes the journey. I know I can swim. Where do we go from here? How do I improve? Um, how do I include these three disciplines into one um, to make this journey happen? And that's where it started, Dom. That's exactly where it started. Exactly a month of the day after wow. meeting Stumpy. How you guys have
1: got kids? eh? how old are you oh, kids?
2: Owen's got Owen's got kids, uh, right. and I've got one. Um, yeah, the, the younger. Well. Thirty four now, right? So they're all growing up. So they're all gone, you know. What they're what doing their what, are they, what
1: do they make of um, everything?
2: Um, honestly, they don't treat me any different. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, but they must be fucking proud.
2: Um, I hope they are. Yeah, I hope they are. Yeah. Um, is it
1: not not a convers not a conversation they've they've said? It's
2: not a conversation no. I been up. Are you, is, is that just
1: sort of your your family? You know, not, I, I not just a family don't like that talk myself.
2: I really don't really don't feel comfortable talking about my achievements because I do it for me, and mm. I do it for Owen. I want him to be proud of me. Um, yes, I'd like. I um, want. I think Owen's family is proud of me. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I, I. I. As I say, it's not a conversation. I like to. Yeah. Mm. Hey, are you happy with what I'm doing? Are you proud of me? You know, that's not something that I. Would, <laughs> you know?
1: No, and it shouldn't be your job to say that. But <laughs> no, I. No. I feel like to show. To show such courage and strength and such adversity, I feel like that's something that warrants saying I, to someone you care about. Hey, I'm I really, know, I'm really proud of you. I
2: know um, Owen's son's son, which is Owen's grandson, Josh. I know he's proud of me. Yeah. We text quite regularly. They live in Australia, and Josh is one that you know mm-hmm. I'm proud of. He's done well in rugby, so I think it's through the sport that we connect. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he he'll quite often text and say, you know. I'm proud of you, Shaz. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know he is, and if I can make him proud, well, yeah. And likewise. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think they are proud of me. Yeah,
1: yeah. It sounds, sounds a bit like my family. We don't, we don't necessarily, you know, tell each other these things nah. with words, but I feel like sometimes you should.
2: Exactly. I, you know, <laughs> I was always brought up. We were never told we were loved.
1: Yeah. We were never
2: cuddled. <laughs> You're just you supposed know? to know it. <laughs> you know, we were, yeah. That wasn't our family d- dynamics. Um yeah it just wasn't enough, mm. so when I went to the farm, you know it was a totally different ball game, you know my uh, my auntie and uncle would come up and give me a cuddle. you know? that was all new to me, mm. you know um, so yeah, things changed, the dynamics changed, yeah, but yeah, not it wasn't a that sort of lifestyle,
1: yeah, so what's the first event that you do so you go to go to Hawk's bay have a go- have a go at swimming, and you yep. think, right, I'm gonna better do this, um, so, so then I do? is it just a like a standard triathlon or is it yeah, a yeah, yeah, what just, what yeah. length?
2: Um, yeah, it was just, you know, I, I actually I went from trying to swim to entering the New Zealand um, para-championships um, or national championships. Um, I went along to that um, and there was, you know, there was only about three or four of us because there's not a lot. Um, yeah, and I won that and that was the start. So I decided, right, here we go. This is how we start earning points and getting into um, the Paralympic ranking situation. So, um, yeah, it started there. And then, of course, the next thing you had to go to your Oceania's, which was in Australia, um, went over there, I got silver. Um, so the, pro- the progress and the progression was starting to happen. And I was loving it. You know, um, Shane and Tammy Reed were coaches in fielding. Um Shane was a um Olympic triathlete himself. Um I don't know if you've heard him. But, um you've only got to Google the Beijing mm. Olympics and Shane's the first one out of the water and man he's he's a weapon. Right. Um unfortunately Shane's passed away. Um he had brain cancer and passed away, um. you know, not so long ago. Well, when we say 12 months coming up. Um so yes, yeah, but Shane was just one of those humble guys. Mm. And Tammy, his wife, she was a um, national um, triathlete herself, and she decided to get into coaching. So they came on board and they started coaching me. So that's where we started.
1: Yeah, so that's the swimming. And then um, and running. Yeah, so you had some running um, experience beforehand. Is running just the same? What's the difference with um, So no,
2: Shane and Tammy got me into a coaching program and they coached me for swimming, running, yep. and um, biking. Um, no,
1: remember run, running as as an amputee? Is, is it?
2: Oh, mate, weird. Is it weird? Seriously. <laughs> In terms of what? You know, um, put it this way: the first run I went out with Tammy, I didn't know how I was going to react. I didn't know how Stumpy I was going to react. It was friggin' painful because of the the jarring. Oh, okay. The jarring—it was just horrible. Mm but I wasn't going to let Tammy know that. So Tammy would run on this side. She said, I'll run on the right-hand side, Shaz, because I don't want to be anywhere near stumpy. I said, thanks. Um, We'd be running along down the road. Next minute, the bit, she'd give me a whack. You know, Tammy's only a little short ass, and there's nothing of a fit little lean, mean machine. And um, next minute, she'd give me a whack on the shoulder, and I'd say, what's that for? And she'd say, move over. You're veering out. Oh, because of the imbalance. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? No, now I only had 1.75 kilos taken off, right? When I lost the, my arm, but that 1.75 kilos, Dom, made a huge difference mm. in my balance. Who would have thought? Well, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, it makes sense, though. Yeah, totally. So
1: that's the so that's the running. What about the um the the cycling? So you just do you cycle with just one hand on the bar?
2: So I started off just on a road bike. Yeah. Um, and then we progressed, obviously, to a TT bike to start international racing with. Yeah. Um, and that's where the – obviously, first of all, how was I going to ride a TT bike? Yeah, with the
1: aero bars. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: So um, the Limb Centre – was like phone call to the Limb Centre. Now, honestly, they must – every time they hear Shaz is making an appointment, they must roll their eyes and think, oh, God, what's she coming at us with this time? But – um They came up with this really rad idea of making a cup for Stumpy to sit in. So I'd sit Stumpy in this, um, and I'd be down here like this. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that's how we managed to get around riding on an aero bike, on a TT bike. Um, And that's, that's how we progressed on that. But it was, once again, it was all about balance. Because I couldn't put pressure down in that cup because of the pain in the end of my stump. So we had cotton wool, we had lamb's wool, we had foam, we had so much in there to stop any jarring. Um, But, yeah, we we got around it, and that's how my bike is still set up today. Mm. Um, And they're just actually looking, its because it's all made of carbon at the moment, they're just starting to look at a new way of being able to do a 3D printed one so it's lighter and a little bit more flex in it for me. So um, yeah, th- they're amazing down there at the Limb Centre in Wellington. Mm. Friggin' cool, clever guys.
1: So when when able-bodied people do these um, th- these sort of events, there's pain that you have, like there's pain in your lungs, pain in your legs, yep. whatever. What extra pain do you have above and beyond that?
2: Um, Is it just like,
1: stump like a burning sensation
2: oh, or a no, throbbing or she's firing? Right. Yeah. When I say she, he, he's firing. Yeah. He's been a typical male, a right prick. You know, um, just been a pain in the ass literally you know real pain it's 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 a pain that you can't describe to mm. um yeah it's it's not a pain that i can describe to people because people wouldn't believe it um but you know I, i've found ways of just getting getting out there doing things i feel if i'm doing something and keeping active it's um helping with that pain, mm. even though i'm in pain and i'm causing myself pain mentally, I feel like that, and physically that i'm helping that pain
1: yeah you're making yourself stronger yeah building resilience yeah but how do you um like how do you how do you, how do you block that out like do you do you have mantras or anything or do you um,
2: i just you know I have got a mantra um yeah, and i my mantra is I may only have one wing, but I can still fly mm and that's what I have, to, I have to say to myself. Or when I am in this pain, I just say, don't give in. Mm. It comes from within. And when I say within, I mean it's what's in your heart. Mm. You know, if we really want something, we'll dig deep and we'll do it. Mm. You know, we'll find a way. But it, we have to find mm. that way. Nobody else will do it for us. So, so
1: that pain that you're talking about is that only when you're like competing and pushing it, or is that training as well?
2: Every it's everyday pain. Fuck I'm yeah. in that pain every day, mate.
1: So when you're in, when you're um,
2: this is the first time, you know, you're a prick because you're making me open up about it. Don't,
1: um, <laughs> don't get the tissues. I can get the tissues.
2: No, I, I don't want tissues. That's a sign of weakness. No, um, no, it's not, it's no, no. I don't. Not. No, I don't. Okay. Seriously, it's it's because, um, it's from. The heart, you know? Mm. Um it, I've I i do not talk about the pain. People don't understand or know that I'm in pain because I've learned to hide that.
1: Mm. But should you?
2: Um, I don't want people to see me weak. No. That's a weakness to me. Yeah. And I don't want to be weak, Dom. Yeah. I want to be that strong person.
1: Mm.
2: You know, don't get me wrong, I have some days at home where I'm weak.
1: Mm. You yeah, Like oh. when you when you train, I'm I'm thinking Just again. again I'm, I'm, I'm probably projecting here, but if I was you and I was on that stationary bike in the garage on fucking Peloton or whatever for three hours, and it was it was hurting every second, I'd probably have I'd probably cry to myself.
2: I have. <laughs> Do you? I have done. Yeah. Yep. yep. You know, I'm set up in the shed. Um, I'm not like some people that you know have their bike set up in the lounge. That's to me. That my inside of my home is home. My training, if I have to train on outside is in the shed mm. I keep that those two lives separate um so yeah, you know there are those sessions where you have to sit on that flaming bike getting numb bum and you know every other department you know in a uncomfortable state um out in a shed and yeah there are times that yeah i I, I do cry and i and I think it's just because it, it
1: gets overwhelming it's all yeah, too much or yeah
2: yeah some days I do I feel like throwing that session in but i know that at the end of that session if i didn't do that session you know what it's like when you're a runner some days you don't want to go out for a run but when you come back shit you feel good right you feel
1: way better afterwards yeah, yeah you do yeah
2: and that's how i feel about it. if i was to cut that session short i wouldn't feel right
1: mm.
2: it wouldn't sit good you know um and I'd probably have to go back out later into it again.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> the guilt's eating you up. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure.
2: For sure. Uh, and and you, you'd understand that.
1: Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. 100%. But what, what I'm dealing with is not this extra level of, of adversity or, or pain. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, there's, um, there's that you know, that term putting yourself in the pain cave, which uh, yep. anyone that's done any sort of physical activity will understand. But then. But you know that that
2: pain is going to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, but no. But what I'm saying, Shaz, is your pain doesn't go. No, it like,
2: doesn't.
1: No, it's it's constantly there. And then when you're doing the exercise, it just gets worse. Yeah, it's rough.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a rough hand to be dealt. Sucks, sucks, mate. Mm. But, um, you know, I choose to, you know, move forward. Mm. Yeah,
1: well, that's the only way to go, isn't it?
2: Oh, for sure. You know, um, yeah, you know, there are some days, um. Owen may have gone out in the afternoon or something, and I've finished training, and I'll go inside and yeah, I do. I'll have a cry, but it's to myself. Mm. I won't show that.
1: Yeah, why don't you? Out of all the people, you could show it to him, right? Oh, for sure. Wouldn't he understand?
2: Oh, absolutely. Or you just
1: prefer to you just prefer to deal with the stuff on your own. I'm right? Just
2: yeah, I I don't like to show that side of me.
1: Why? Is it an embarrassment thing or a pride no, it's thing or a pride thing? Yeah. I think
2: you know. I don't want to be seen as that weak bitch.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but every yeah, – yeah, I mean, um, he, I, I've, you know what? I don't even know Owen, but I feel like he, if he ever listens to this, he'll probably hear this and be frustrated that you don't lean on him a little bit more.
2: Probably, yeah. but he knows that, you know. He, he I think he knows that. Mm. Um, I know he's there if I need him. Mm. He's always there. Um, so, I, Yeah. He, I think he's learnt now. Just you know, don't don't <laughs> even <him> thirty years. <laughs> don't even ask her. You know, yeah, just roll yeah. your eyes and go. oh, here we go again. You know, here yeah. you know. Um, I think he's sort of got used to me. Um, and I say that in the way that I think he's got used to my ways, mm. my new ways.
1: Yeah. Mm. So, so, like, who do you talk to about this? You you're like you know you, you're talking to me today about it, but you talk to anyone else about it?
2: Look. This is the she first was... time I've really opened up, Don. So you, you've been friggin' privileged, you bugger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't open up.
1: Yeah. But it's good. I Sharon. This is like it. don't you Sharon. Me, Sharon. <laughs> As I said,
2: I'm only going to get called that when my mother tells me off. But, you know, um, it's not a therapy session, yeah, Don, no, you know, no. but I feel I can open up to you because I feel that I, you can relate. Yeah. Um, you know, you've had some shit times in your life. Mm, but
1: as I, as I said earlier, like from doing this podcast, like almost two years now, every single person has has or will go through some sort of adversity. Yeah, for sure. It's all though. on a different level, but uh, if- and
2: it's how we want to progress with that adversity, yeah. or if we want to progress. Mm. Some people can, some people can't.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, you you can you can easily make yourself a victim, and no one oh, no one sure. would be, no one would begrudge you. You've you've got every right in the world to. But it's like it's not going to help you grow, is it?
2: It's not go, it's not going to help me or well, my journey. Mm.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, my journey is about having the best life, and mate, I am. Yeah, even though I have this pain, um, you know, as I say, um, it's not about that. Mm. It's about my journey.
1: And how exciting that you're on the, the, I suppose, the downward slide of life, on the, the apex, you know, you're yeah. in your second half of your life, but it's also like a new beginning.
2: Oh, it's the best you're, part of my life. Yeah. You know, um, I would never have achieved or done half of the things I've done, Dom, if I hadn't have met Stumpy.
1: Yeah. You, you could have though, eh? Why wouldn't you have though?
2: Oh, mate, I wouldn't have been able to travel the world like I have.
1: No, no, but you, you could have, and it would have been considerably easier, like doing things like triathlon oh, sure. or swimming or coast well, sure. to coast.
2: Um, but like it you, wouldn't you, have you, been the- you,
1: you, you waited until things got very, very difficult for yourself <laughs> before you decided to, <laughs> but,
2: but that's what makes the challenge even more rewarding. Yeah. You know? Um, and like I say, it's always been about if one person can see me doing it and it encourages them to get out and do something, I feel like I've achieved what I've set out to do, Dom.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I think there's there's more than one. You make yeah, a lot of people feel like um, sex is shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I don't mean to do that. i really, really that's not my intention, Dom. Don't go that far. Um, yeah, no, it's more. Yeah, mm. I just if I can encourage others. Yeah, just you know, just because we're challenged, there's no reason why we cannot still succeed at things. Mm. And it doesn't have to be mad radical things like I've done. Just small steps. You know, yeah. small steps make lead to bigger steps, don't
1: they? Yeah, absolutely. And and you oh, coast to coast. We haven't even talked coast to coast. So you've done coast to coast. Yep. As like part of a team, and next year you're going to have a crack at it as a solo. So you do yeah. the two day event. So all um, on your own.
2: Yeah, it'll be a two. It'll be the two day event. Um, so
1: coast to coast um, starts early on a, a Saturday morning. Sh- shortest bike ride, then a massive sort of 30-ish k mountain run. Yep. Uh, then you sleep, and then the next day a bike ride again, big kayak, and a big yeah. bike ride. Yeah,
3: that's it. Yeah. Now the the
1: run, I've I've um I've never done the coast to coast, but I have done um the the run segment of the coast to coast as a guide, and it's a, a thing called Goat's Pass. I'm just wondering how how you would you would do that because uh, I'm a runner. It's not even really a run you do. Like you're scrambling over rocks, you're wading through. Um, you know, chest deep water. Yeah. How do you how are you do you do it? Numerous
2: river crossings. Um you know, it, it all depends on the river that, that day and the yeah. river levels.
1: But I, I can't imagine how you do that that run um without two two hands. Oh look, a don't lot get of it is scrambling wrong. up rocks and
2: don't get me wrong, my time was slowed on because uh. I literally I went down there not knowing. I wanted to go into it blind um and just experience the unknown. Um so when I got down there, yeah, and started the goat pass, it was like, okay. And then there was parts where it was like, holy shit balls! You know, I have to literally stop and watch the able body scramble over, and then go, how the frick am I going to do this?
1: Yeah, but did, you, did you, have, you have someone with you that's like um, nope. lifting you up with a hand or nope. giving you a push on the book? No,
2: nope. I didn't want mm. any support. The only time I had a support person that was Brett in the kayak. Um, oh, so you was, had a, a
1: double kayak. Yes, okay. yes.
2: So, and that was purely for safety reasons. Right. Um, you know, the the, the organisers of Coast to Coast, which I fully understand and respect. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: so how does, how does the kayak work in terms of um...
2: – <laughs> So once again, the Limb Centre came up with some neat ideas. I met this awesome bird, Alex. Um, the, when I first went down there and done it, um, Brett, who was a plumber, the Limb Centre came up with a socket – and a hunk of pipe that stuck out like this. Brett, being a plumber, he walked into the shop and said, we need to find something that's going to hook over your paddle. So he found a um, like a hose, half a hose clip like this, steel hose clip. Mm -hmm. He screwed that in there on the end, and then he got two $1 rubber O-rings. We put this the socket and this clamp on my paddle, and he used these two $1 O-rings to hold it on, that's how we got down the area River for seventy k's. So,
1: so, so your left, um, your left stump is attached to the paddle. Yeah.
2: What happens if you if you ask out? I'm stuck on with my paddle, <laughs> Stumpy, and I like this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
2: so, so yeah. So Brett done that, and then, um, because I decided I wanted to have a go, um, I was very, very lucky to have Brett. Honestly, um, if it wasn't for him, I, I wouldn't have got down there. But I, I had the cruisy part. I sat in the back of the kayak just, you know. Um, a lot of time, Brett didn't know I was in tears because I was in so much pain with having to put Stumpy and use the force of the paddle. So, um, yeah. So does I'll, every
1: stroke hurt?
2: So every time, mm. every stroke, I'd sort of think it's one less stroke you have to do, Shaz. Just keep going. It's one less mm-hmm. you got to do. So yeah, um, he didn't know or wasn't aware that a lot of the time I was crying, but of course you'd see the photographer and you'd go, "Yay!" Hi, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so we got down there. But when we got back, and I decided I wanted to have a go at doing the coast completely solo because I didn't feel like I'd achieved it solo. Because I was in a double kayak. So yeah, I contacted Coast and they approved me to do it on the condition that I have somebody in another kayak behind me just shadowing me. Oh yeah. Which I fully get and understand understandable, once again. For sure. So I've got Duncan who's coming along, um, and he's been on pretty much of the kayak journey with me. Um, and he's gonna come down and be my support person. So Honestly, Dom, will I be able to do the kayak section and finish the event? I really, really don't know.
1: Ah, but giving it a red-hot crack, right? Yep,
2: yep. You don't know unless you try, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Feb, here we come.
1: How good. And I'm not sure when this podcast is going to come out, but um, November 18, mm-hmm. uh, 2023, you're attempting to kayak the length of t- Lake Taupo, which yes. is 46 k's. Yep. So if you can do the coast-to-coast, that'll be, Will this be easy? No.
2: Um. So. So this is totally. Oh, by the way, funny. I
1: say so easy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just sit
2: there and call it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Too. <laughs> um... yeah, You're looking at someone that gets in a kayak for five minutes when they're in Fiji and then gets bored shitless. So I'm sorry. Forty six k's is never. How long would that take you? And the...
2: well, I just done a um a sort of a bit of a racky just last week actually, and went to Taupo and I done thirty six k's in um, just under four hours. You might as well say. But it's totally different than on the river because the river, you've still got the river flow, which is… Yeah, the
1: rapids pushing you along. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I wondered if it was like easier than So, that.
2: no, I, I, f- I find this harder because on the lake because you're literally having to propel yourself along, aren't mm, you? Right. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a big ask. But if um, I decided I wanted to do this to try and raise funds for kidney kids… Oh yeah, because you've only got one kidney. Yeah. Yeah. When, when did you discover that? Oh, A few years back now. Right. Right. But, um. Just so, so you went through
1: all your you you got through all your early years to middle age or whatever. And yep. what, what does it mean only having one kidney? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've
2: got one arm, so I might as well have one kidney.
1: Right. <laughs> just call me, you know,
2: half <laughs> But um, yeah,
1: you're, you're like Briscoe's, eh? Fifty percent off.
2: <laughs> exactly. Um. But you know, yeah. It, I, it hasn't altered me, mm. but I just sort of think, well, it's some, I wanted to give back to somebody or some charity. So it was obviously Kidney Kids came to my light and it was like, well, you know, if I can help do something for these kids, I'd like to. So, yeah, so yeah they've set up a give a little page um, under limitless shares and um, we're trying to raise some funds for them. So, yeah, hopefully we can. Um and I'm also going to do that for coast to coast as well, so I'm doing it for them oh
1: that's great It's a hell of a story
2: It's a good story and,
1: uh, i'm in sort of I'm in sort of two minds about it because it's um you know had you had you after the accident had you left the arm, which was useless yep. and ornamental for all intended yep. purpose, you wouldn't have had the pain that you're in now,
2: possibly not, but that but we don't know that pain could have eventuated yeah to a higher intensity as it went on as well, Dom. So I don't know. It's that what if, mm. um, but why wait for that what if? You don't know. So, you know, like I said, move on. Mm. Cut the bugger off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. You <laughs> definitely did. And when you when you stand in front of the
1: mirror now, like you, you like what you see? Absolutely. You love the new chassis? Yeah.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm still me. Yeah. You know, um, I haven't changed.
1: Or even new and improved. I mean, the things you're doing now, like you never did it before.
2: I'm a better person. I honestly believe I'm a better person. Yeah. Do Uh, you? Yep. Yeah, I really do. I really do think I'm a better person.
1: I mean, physically you're fitter, but what do you mean better though?
2: Uh, Mentally. Yeah. I mean, I was never mentally um, unwell, but I just feel like mentally I've got stronger, um, more resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really thought about that, but it's just, yeah, I, I'm a better me. Totally. Um, I feel a better person. Mm. I love who I am.
1: And I, I believe you when you say you wouldn't, you wouldn't change it.
2: No, I would never turn the clock back. How good. If that
1: accident had never happened with the, the, the gate and the goats. Like I
2: wouldn't be who I am what, today. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think
1: your life would look like now? Have you ever paused to reflect just, on that?
2: Just, just. I mean, going through the motions. Yeah. I'd just be a normal person like you. How bloody boring, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so boring. Well, there's a lot. There's a line from a movie I really like, um, "Shawshank Redemption." Oh yes. Um, the line yep. is like, "Get busy living or get busy dying." Yeah. I, I suppose, like, and I, I don't say this in a mean way. I'm probably busy dying, and probably ninety nine percent of people are. Like, you're just going through going, going through, through the life. Yeah. I suppose now you're getting getting busy living.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I am. I, I'm really living now. Yeah. I'm living. I'm loving my living. I'm loving my life. I love who I am. Um, I'm proud of myself. Yeah.
1: Could I'm, you say that beforehand?
2: No. Nope. I can sit here now and yeah, it's the first time I've probably even said that, Dom. You know, Jesus, you're a prick. You're really making me. <laughs> I've, open done up, nothing, I've done nothing. I've done that. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I can honestly say I'm proud of myself, and yeah. that's the first time I've said that. Man, that's cool. Mm-hmm.
1: And are you enjoying, I was going to say the, the level of fame you've got now, but there's I mean, there's not really, there, there was a story in the woman, you've had a story in the woman's day. I saw there's a great piece that um the Attitude TV show did oh, on yeah. you. Yeah. There's been a couple of podcasts and bits and pieces, but yeah, you're enjoying this? Um. And oh, you've done some keynote speaking and some public yeah, speaking as yeah. well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that, right? Oh. You know? Who the hell would have thought I would be standing up talking to 350 people, looking at all these mm. eyes, looking at you? You know, you know what it's like. Mm. Um, it's, it's a whole new world, isn't yeah. it? You know, and I would never have had all these opportunities, Dom. Never. Mm. So, um,
1: but you're, yeah. you're the architect of that, though. You created it. I mean, you could have your arm lobbed off and go to yourself, well, th- this is this is the end. This is the end of life, I know it. But for you, it was like, a, and you've literally you know put this into action, you've made it a new beginning.
2: Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. You've done that. Um, I wasn't living before, mm. but I am now. Yeah. Like I say, you know, um, my mantra to myself is, I may only have one wing, but I can still fly. And I think everybody should have a mantra that they should live up to. I'm sure you've got one, have you? Yeah, this one,
1: <laughs> this one I really like. Um, there's, there's a guy called Cameron Haynes. He's on a lot of podcasts. He's an American yeah. bow hunter and an ultra distance runner. I don't know if he came up with this or if it's just a thing, but his slogan is um, "Nobody cares. Work harder." And mm-hmm. what it means is, um, like, I suppose in your situation, you could be like, "Oh, if, you know, Palmerston North Hospital didn't do this, then I would have had my arm." And it's like, no one cares. Just work yep. harder. Yeah, and I feel like you epitomise that.
2: Oh, oh, thanks. Yeah.
1: Thanks. You know, you you can sit around bitching about it or you can just get exactly. on the bike and suck get it on, up.
2: Get on with life. You yeah. know, we only have one chance, right? Mm. Make the flame and most of it, yeah. honestly.
1: Well, there's another quote I really like. It's, um, you have um, two lives and the second life only begins when you realize you actually only have one. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so pleased that you're making the most of it.
2: Yeah. I honestly, mate, wouldn't turn the clock back.
1: Yeah, and thank you so much for sharing your story.
2: Not a problem at all. You've, you have made me open up, so, <laughs> um, yeah, you did, Dom, so thanks.
1: Well, I appreciate it. Now I'm going to take you back to the airport, and let's hope, um, let's hope the plane has two wings. <laughs>
2: What's your thing about wings and flying? I might only have one wing, but I can still fly.
1: Well, let's hope the plane has two bloody wings.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will do.
1: <laughs> Shazdag from Fielding, Limitless. Um all the best for the future. Coast to coast, Thanks. Lake Topo, and whatever challenges you you cook up next and I'm sure there's going to be many.
2: Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much, Dom. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Cheers, No doubt about it. Uh Bit of a dag. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed that. Um, it's it's a true pleasure to introduce you guys to people that you may not have heard of or maybe you've heard a little bit about. And I feel like Shaz fits into that category. Um, and it's um, a wonderful opportunity to shine a light on her, what she's done and what she's doing. She's a cool chick doing big things. Um, If you've got any feedback about the podcast or future guest suggestions or anything like that, you can message me anytime you want. domharveynz at gmail.com. It means so much when people do that. Or domharveynz on Instagram. That's my Instagram handle. Just before we leave for today, thank you very much to the sponsors of this episode who made it possible to fly shares up just for this interview, Generate KiwiSaver and Radix Nutrition. Generate is an award-winning, New Zealand-owned and operated KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. I switched over to Generate a few weeks ago and it could not have been easier. The advisors are great and they will dumb down the chat for you if they need to. And for me, there was a considerable amount of dumbing down. And Radix Nutrition, my day ones. This is a tight, dedicated, hard-working, focused team who make incredible products from their factory in the Waikato, including the best protein powder I've ever tasted. Chances are you don't get enough protein in your diet, and the easiest way to fix that is to have a protein shake every damn day. It's how I start the day. It's breakfast every day. Radix, a couple of ice cubes, bit of milk, and away we go. If you like this podcast, the best thing you could do would be consider supporting the guys who support the podcast. So that's Generate Kiwi Saver. You can find them at generatewealth.co.nz. Or Radix Nutrition. You can find them online, radixnutrition.co.nz. And that's spelled R-A-D-I-X. Again, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Appreciate you being here. And hope to see you next week on the Dom Harvey Podcast. See ya.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.